are listening to a Called Collective podcast, where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. To learn more about the Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Welcome to the Coffee and Calling podcast with Dan and Griff. Griff, how we doing, man? Doing good. Um, unfortunately, calling in remotely again, but <sighs> it's still good to be back on the pod. Uh, it's good to hear your voice, Dan. Wow. I really appreciate that. That is. I really wish you were here right next to me, man. I kind of miss I you. I wish so, too. Roads are getting pretty precarious out there. They are, here. they are getting a little risky. We're having slippery slopes okay. over here. For anybody that's not in Indiana um, and is not the in a state sucks. where it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> Me, uh, you know, I was just talking to our guest who I'm about to introduce before this, but we were talking about how literally this morning it was like 40 degrees and now it's snowing and like the sidewalk's already freezing over. So... Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty. One second you could be waking up wearing a hoodie, and the next second you need snow boots just to get to the dining hall. But it was fifty this morning. Yeah, and it's probably getting close to thirty at this point mm-hmm. with a little bit of a wintry mix. So it's not a great time, but we work with what we have. Nice. Hey, you should be a meteorologist, Griffin. You know the way you're. And if you look over here, here in <laughs> county, you can expect about a half inch of ice tonight with a one to three inches of snow coming in. Goodness. And reporting from iWoo Live, it is Griffin Harris. That would be such, I'd, I'd watch it, Griffin. I'd watch it. <laughs> Maybe that's our next endeavor is just to do, uh, do the After coffee and calling, County. me and Griffin are going to be weather reporters. <laughs> it is. Well, today it is my honor for everybody that's listening to introduce our guest. She is probably one of the people that could tell you if your fit is fire or not on <laughs> campus. She, everything has to be aesthetically pleasing and guess what? She makes everything aesthetically pleasing. And you know what? If there's someone that could summarize what it means to both love lattes and liturgy, it is the guest today, Bridget Nelson. Wow. That was a really great introduction. Thank you. No, Thank I really love that. The latte and liturgy. And oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Um, speaking of lattes and liturgy, um, Dan just <laughs> spilled his latte on the table. It's okay. I have a paper towel. It's fine. Listen, listen, everybody, it was a mistake. The coffee was tipping over and I went to go grab it. But these <laughs> cups, you know, no hate on Macan, but the cups weren't solid. And, you know, it just, and now I'm blaming the cups, you know. Listen, they've been having a <laughs> problem with the lids lately. Yes, they have been. They have even, been. they even put like a sign. <laughs> They did. They did it last week. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. What the? What does the sign say? The sign said, um, "Our lids aren't fitting, so be careful." Something like that. (laughs) Be careful. Happens all too often, unfortunately. Uh, Sad days. Sad days. Yeah. Well, before any more spills happen from me, uh, Bridget, can you tell us for anybody that's listening that doesn't know you? Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? What you're doing here at IWU, what are some cool things about you, and yeah, anything we need to know. Yeah, so I am a senior community development major with specialization in pastoral ministry studies. One of those, pastoral something. (laughs) It's something with the pastor. It'll be, hopefully it's on my graduation certificate. So I graduate in April, 
So in like two and a half months. Um, I am f- originally from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, but my family recently moved about a year and a half ago to Phoenix. So Phoenix is now home. Come on. Um, I have five siblings. I have a three-legged chihuahua. Um, <laughs> um, How does oh. it walk? <laughs> oh, it walks fine. It, it only works. it only lost like um, like twenty. Hey, some dogs can walk upright like a human on two legs. If they adapt <laughs> Just thinking of a chihuahua with this like little legs, and I'm like, it already doesn't have a lot of strength. Right no, there. no. <laughs> I think he lost like a pound when like, oh, his God. leg was like. Yeah, it had to get amputated. He, he's oh. a rescue dog. Oh, yeah. Now I feel like a jerk. I'm making. <laughs> you should. <laughs> yeah, you, you should feel bad. Dan. I'm about to get canceled. <laughs> it's over for me. Um, and then what? So else? I have a quick question yeah. for Hold you. Up. Hold up. So Dan, I know you're you're into thrifting. Are you into thrifting as well, Bridget? Yeah. Okay, so I'm living tight on a budget. <laughs> and I kind of want to get into thrifting a little bit. So uh-huh. what are some tips from you two for getting into thrifting? Like, where's the heat? When, when do I go looking for the heat? Mm. Mm. That is a good question about where and when. Yeah. Because it does depend. Well, we got to start with closet bakes, basics first. Yeah. So when you're thrifting, you want to make sure you have like a good amount of basics already in your closet. So mm-hmm. I would say like 80% of your closet should have like essentials. So like a white t-shirt, some good jeans, some good jackets, um, things that like are easy to mix and match throughout the, like throughout the week and also through different seasons. Mm-hmm. With thrifting, um, for me, I like to get more unique pieces when I'm thrifting. And so I I try to cater about like 25 to 30% of my closet to mm-hmm. more like unique pieces. Um, okay. And then I would say for the, the best time to go shopping for just thrifting in general. Well, I have a couple tips actually. So the first one would be um, Goodwill will typically restock on either Tuesdays or Wednesdays. So yes. that's when you'll have like the freshest finds and when they output a lot. And that's just also um, th- thrift stores in general. They they tend to um, cycle their clothing in the middle of the week. And then when you're actually going out thrifting, I would say the first place that you go are on the end caps because a lot of people when they like are making like their decisions of whether or not they're going to buy something. They tend to put them at the end of the racks and not in the middle. And so you can tend to find a lot of really amazing pieces already at the end caps and sort of curated for you. Um, So that's like a little piece of advice I have there. Um, Yeah. Anything else that you'd like to know about that? Those are like the first two things that come to mind. No, that was perfect. I put that in the memory banks. Yeah. Put it, put it in there, brother. Also, if you're looking for, you're looking for pants, you know, you, I get, be happy with the baggier look, mm-hmm. you know, you got it. It's kind of in right now. And I feel like you can rock it, Griffin. I think you could rock it beautifully. Um, My problem is the length, unfortunately. But the thing is with thrifting though, bro, you being a tall guy, that actually works out, you know, because there's some, there's some crazy sizes when you go into a thrift store. I'll tell you that, man. Yeah. And you um, gave me a tip already with kind of folding over the waistband on larger pants for my. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. People don't know this. Anybody waist. out there, I can't show you, obviously, because, like, you know, we're not videotaping right now. But if you merely just take the button of your pants and then fold it over the waistline and then you just tighten the belt, you just saved yourself 
what about $40 for some new pants? Because just because the size was a little bit off doesn't mean you still can't use it. So, yeah, I have to do that on quite like a few. But, yeah, I definitely agree. That's one thing that not a lot of people have um, are consistent pieces. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have a lot of wild stuff, it makes things really hard to decide what you want to wear. Mm -hmm. But when you kind of base an outfit, you know, if you're doing something crazy, then you might have to do something really like consistently crazy and you have to really put a lot of effort into putting different colors. But if you have those consistent solid color pieces, then you can start doing some cool stuff surrounding it. And yeah, it's really my recommendation. If you're balling on a budget too, just go and buy some white vans uh, or air force ones and then some doc Martens black. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Those are good. Literally year round. Those two shoes year round, you'll be solid. Doesn't, yeah. Yeah, and don't be afraid to accessorize too. So if you have like an ear piercing, like you can change out like different colored hoops or like different like studs, um, hats, belts, necklaces, bracelets. The the rings are coming back into style for guys. And so that's a really cool look too. Yep. And then I'd also say too, um, if you're not afraid to like search and like dig around, the Goodwill bins down in like South Indy, amazing you pay by the pound it's 33 yep. cents a pound 33 cents yeah that's pretty cool it's yeah. pretty awesome so if you want something that's like a little bit more budget friendly you can go there but i would recommend bringing some gloves oh yeah, yeah. we we gotta stay out here <gasps> it do be smelling but yes but i'm happy to hear that griff you know i'm happy you asked that question you know and if you ever want to go thrifting hit me up man i'd love to you know i'd love to go with you all right that's good is. Now, Bridget, we got a pretty awesome question we want to ask you. This is a question that we don't prep any of our guests for. So here it is. If you could have coffee with anybody in the Bible except for Jesus, who would it be? Easy. Mary Magdalene. Oh, but off the cuff. Some people take a second to think. Why? Why? So confidently. She had that ready. Yeah, right off the hip. <laughs> no, I wasn't really prepped. Um, So what I would say, why I say Mary Magdalene is that outside of Jesus being the greatest influence um, from the Bible for me would be Mary Magdalene. Just the just what we see in the Gospels is that her story of breaking the alabaster jar at the feet of Jesus in front of the Pharisees um, is mentioned in all four Gospels. And just her act of worship and adoration before the feet of Jesus um, was really special because Jesus automatically defends her and says what she did was costly and what she did was beautiful. And wherever my gospel goes, the story of Mary's act of worship will also go with the gospel. Um, and just also the life of worship that Mary Magdalene just lived just of constantly being at the feet of Jesus, um, constantly adoring him. And for me, I just always want to live my life in adoration of Christ. And so I would love to just have coffee with Mary and just to talk about more of what it meant to follow Jesus and to be at his feet at all times. And um, if you watch The Chosen, like you see Mary just always correcting the disciples and always just having the answers before anyone else. And that I think is because of her proximity and her closeness to Christ. Dude. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. That's fire. Goodness. I wonder what it was like, you know, 
I wonder how the characters of the Bible, if they came back and watched Chosen, the show, I wonder if they would be, you know how like some people, they go when they make movies about things that happen in real life Mm -hmm. and then they go back and then they write their own like blog or whatever. And they're like, well, this happened, but this also didn't happen and everything. You know, I wonder how like some of them, like, you know, because they were humans. Yeah. They'd be like, wow, that was an interesting take about what happened there, you know? And that's how like Mm. Chosen is a beautiful show. Like the Chosen is a beautiful show. But it's like, it's one of those things where like, yeah, you can watch it on a screen, but seeing it real life, like, it's just one of those things. It's like, here's another question. I want to ask this one. We we don't ever ask this one added on to it. If there was a moment you could have witnessed live in scripture, been there, what would it have been? Wow. Um, (laughs) Wow. A lot. Um, there's quite a bit (laughs) I would have I would love I would love to have got uh, received and had gotten the visions of John and Revelations specifically (sighs) Revelations 21 Um, yeah that's just one of my favorite chapters in all of scriptures Revelations 21 the new heaven and the new earth and uh, just seeing John's vision of Jesus saying that he's the alpha and the mega and that every single word of his is trustworthy and true. I think that just seeing the visions, I think would be incredible. Like seeing the heavens open up. I think that'd be really cool to experience. Bro. Yeah. Do you got one Griff? Yeah. I was, uh, I think Steven's martyrdom. Oh, that would be interesting. Dang bro. Have you ever, okay. Side note really quick. So I teach Sunday school at the exit and um, why this is important is because they, I have the, the, the preschool kids watch the show called Superbook. So yeah. we either watch Superbook or VeggieTales. <laughs> Superbook! <laughs> <laughs> and we watched one of the, one of the episodes was of Steven's Martyrdom. <laughs> kids but yeah for like the little kids but like they didn't show him like oh yeah getting killed but like they were throwing stones at him and so wow yeah goodness that'd be interesting to see because also saul's there Mm -hmm. saul's present for steven's martyrdom yeah i don't know about you griff but is it what part of it would you have liked to have seen the most his um just like his demeanor, kind of his spirit mm. in, in the face of martyrdom. Cause I mean, from the account in acts, he no fear, nothing. And I, I, I mean, I'm assuming that was recorded accurately, but it would just be incredible to see that. Like in um, patristics this year, we've read a couple of stories about martyrs like um, perpetua and that like level of devotion and just completely unafraid of death. Mm. would be something I'd love to see. Wow. Wow. Pretty big mic drop too he gives. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Straight up rips him. Uh, For me, um, mine would be creation. I would like Mm. to walk the seven days and just see it all. Did you say vlog the seven days? The vlog the seven <laughs> days. Hey guys, what's up, Danimals? This is your boy, that man Dan. We're gonna. I'm here with my guy, God, or three persons. What? <laughs> We're gonna watch creation get filled. Could <laughs> you? I straight up heard vlog. Did you call your vloggers Danimals? Yes, I did. <laughs> that was Danimals. the thing. Danimals. Bro, you've thought about this then. Haven't oh, I've you? I've thought about it. The merch is coming out. We want the. But no, straight up like. No matter like how we see that seven days is such a mystery in a way of we know what he put together 
but we haven't seen it put together mm. in the vastness of it. Imagining I like from start to finish, I would like to be sitting there in pure darkness and then see just a burst of light mm-hmm. and then just see everything one by one be formed. Imagine watching him laying down the foundations of the earth. Imagine putting the stars in the sky. Imagine the water or even the vastness of him taking dust and then breathing life into it. And then you see Adam and you're like, what the heck? And that would be just such a, that whole, there's so much imagery and poetry and it's so beautiful. Um, And it's like the symbolism behind creation. I mean, it's just that whole like series right there is insane. And just to see that live would be like just incredible. Mm. Yeah. And I think cool. we would appreciate, you know, the not worship the creation, but uh, see the creation of God more artistic if we mm. actually saw him create it. You know? It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I I dare you to throw a piece of trash on the ground after you've watched God form the ground. Or and even like be, watching him form your body by hand. Oh my gosh. And then eating amazing. a Big Mac. I'd be just Straight up. <laughs> <laughs> like this is what you're gonna do, really. Hey, Leviticus three sixteen though says that the fat is unto the Lord. So you know what? I don't think eating a Big Mac's that bad for you. That <laughs> 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 yeah, is, uh, mm. but to get into that was so. By the way, guys, that was so awesome. Was you fun. know, I like be, that question. That's that. That was so cool. Um, but Bridget mm-hmm. coming to the. As what I love when Griffin says this, the meat and potatoes of this <laughs> podcast. I talk like an old man, I know. <laughs> hey, I love it. That is, what is your calling story? Or, as I would say, what is your calling testimony? My calling testimony. Ooh, man. Um, in preparation for this, I honestly was like, well... Part of my call to ministry also is part of my testimony of me giving my life to Jesus. Um, And so I prepared like a couple, I think just really brief, like high points um, just to like set up the stage before my call to ministry. So I'd love to just go over that like super quick. This is like 3000 foot view, like pretty simple, but we will get into it. It's, It's you and God's story. Yeah. Share that. Yeah. Okay. So, well, to get started, um, whenever I share like my testimony, I always like start it very abruptly, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know how else to start it. So to start, I was born into a religious cult. So not in a cult, but a cult. So they believed, um, they believed that Jesus, they believed in Jesus and of God, but the way that they viewed salvation was that salvation was found in membership with their church and not through faith in Jesus Christ alone. And so I grew up in that. Um, when I was 12, they did a very similar thing to like confirmation in the Lutheran Catholic Church. And it's essentially these 20 indoctrination lessons. So after you go through them and you get indoctrinated, you have to go get baptized. And so while this is all happening, I'm living in South Dakota, commuting back and forth. Church was three hours away in Omaha. And so we did this for 10 years straight. Um, We would go even on Wednesday nights and they would always tell us that we weren't faithful enough, um, that what we were doing, like us not attending as often meant that we weren't true Christians. And so Mm -hmm. after I had gotten done through all those lessons, um, 
I was approved to get baptized. So in order for you to get baptized, well, you couldn't just get baptized. You're like, oh, I want to get baptized. Um, you have to go through these lessons. So I had to go to Chicago um, and drive eight hours to Chicago to get baptized. So I get baptized and it's on the drive back. And I'm thinking to myself, like, baptism, like, isn't this like a really big deal? And I was like thinking like, what what is this faith do i believe in this god because the people who were in it were super mean they always were portraying god as being angry and mean and that um, we were just always going to be in despair and that if we weren't part of the church we were going to go to hell Mm. and so because of that portrayal at 12 I just began to compare it to my family who on my dad's side who are atheists and they're some of the kindest people I know even to this day. Um, And so I remember thinking at 12, like, okay, well, if these people are not going to go to heaven because they're not in this church, well, I don't want anything to do with Christianity. I don't want anything to do with God. Um, And I, I believe in something. I don't know. Um, It could be Buddha. It could be Hinduism. I, I don't know, but I don't want anything to do with Jesus, with the Holy spirit, with God. None of it. Yeah. Um, so that was at 12. I made that decision. Mm. Yeah. And so then um, when I was 16, so fast forward, like four years, um, got into a relationship with a guy, kind of physical, wasn't abusive. Um, and I really justified the way that he treated me because he said that he was a Christian and believed in Jesus. And his family was really on fire for God. And so his portrayal of Christ was through him. And so I just um, just mm. went along with it. Um, a year later, found out that he was dating someone and while still seeing me, and I just kind of hit this uh, wall. Mm. And I was at one of the lowest points in my life. I was depressed, anxious. Um, everything just felt like it was falling apart. And I had decided that, okay, well, I'm going to commit suicide. I'm going to kill my life. End up writing the note. Um, the day that I was going to, I ended up not killing myself. Um, thank the Lord. the Lord. Like, Come I'm on. here now. Um, and then the Sunday after that, I ended up waking up that morning and I just remember thinking like, oh, I want to go to church today, which was so odd because I hadn't gone to a church in like probably a year and a half at this point. And so that church I ended up going to, I started like making all these like different criteria, like, oh, I have to, it has to be at this time in a five mile radius. And, um, like I have to, I have to be able to be back home before this certain time because I didn't want my mom to find out. Uh-huh. Um, and so it ended up being this church that I would drive past to work every single day, and it's called the Ransom Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, hey. a Wesleyan church. Shout out! Um, shout out! Yeah! Shout out. shout out to the Ransom! Shout out Jake Thurston! Yeah! Shout out Jake Thurston! We love you, Jake <laughs> That's Thurston! That's my guy. It's <laughs> my guy. Um, and so uh, the Ransom ended up having this like criteria, and um, I remember like walking in for the first time to this church and I'm like, this is so strange. Like everyone was like wearing jeans and families were sitting together. Everybody's wearing jeans. Yeah. The families are sitting next to each other. Okay. That Um, I don't agree with. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Everyone is drinking coffee. Like it was just so bizarre to me. And, um, Anyways, fast forward, uh, the lead pastor ends up preaching the gospel and says at the very end of his message, God wants to be you right where you are. So stop running, stop hiding and embrace the fullness of the love of Jesus. And in that moment, I felt the fullness of the love of Jesus. And I'm like, well, I don't know what this is, but I, I, I don't know what else to do. But whatever this like feeling is, whatever this um, just renewal of life is. That's just what it felt. Um, I want it. And so the campus pastor ends up coming up and they said, if you want to give your life to Jesus, um, 
we just want you to pray this prayer. So I ended up praying the prayer, gave my life to the Lord. Um, go back home, tell my mom. My mom's upset. She ends up like trashing my room. And then I think um, that day I started researching the ransom. And that's how I found out about IWU. Ended up applying to IWU. Um, the same day that I gave my life to the Lord. Didn't even complete my application. Um, I got accepted. And then a couple of days later, go to youth group for the first time in my life, go up to the youth pastor and say, hey, I just gave my life to the Lord. Um, I can kind of sing. Um, I would love to like be on stage and lead worship, whatever that is. And um, two weeks later was leading worship, was just trying to pursue the Lord, was trying to figure out what discipleship was, what Jesus, who Jesus was. Um, and so, yeah, that kind of like sets the stage for a lot of um, just even my call to ministry. Mm-hmm. And so then... About, this is like, this is October 2017. And so it was December 2017 that I got my call to ministry. Mm. So I got my call to ministry on Christmas Eve. Oh, And I ended up having a really, like one of the worst fights that I've ever had with my mom. And at the time, um, I felt as though she just wanted me to leave. So um, in my teenage brain, I thought that meant that she had like kicked me out because a lot of the language that she used was like, I just don't want you here anymore. Like, you're just a burden to me. Like, mm-hmm. I just don't mm-hmm. want you here. And so I ended up like packing all my stuff and was living out of my car oh, wow. for a little bit of time. And I remember going into my mom's room. We end up having this fight. And I go, um, I leave her room and I go downstairs and I'm just in my empty like bedroom And I just was laying down on the carpet and I just was sobbing and just talking to the Lord and was just like praying Um, because like ever since like I had become a Christian three months prior to this night, I was always persecuted by my family for pursuing Jesus. But for some reason, I never blamed it on God for going through persecution. Um, And I remember saying to God that night, I know this isn't you persecuting me, but can you please tell me why I have to go through this suffering? And I remember immediately after saying that out loud, just this calmness and like the most still voice say to me, you're going through this because I want you to share about my peace in the midst of suffering. Mm. I want you to share about how you've been transformed to love others despite their confusion and anger towards you. Mm. Your testimony through the Holy Spirit is what's going to change and draw hearts to me. And I just felt like this like drawing of, well, I'm calling you to ministry. And I had no idea what that meant. I was like, well, I I don't know what ministry is. I don't know what discipleship is. I don't know what the cost of following Jesus is. And now granted, all of this was like in the span of, it felt like, um, it felt like 10 minutes to like an hour, but like that almost like little dialogue and those, the little whisper of the Holy Spirit was really just in the span of 10 seconds. But when I thought of like going into ministry, I felt such a confidence and freedom that I just had never experienced before. And I, and I knew that's what I was supposed to pursue. Um, And so like, even with that too, um, I, I remember making a pack of the Lord um, after I got baptized a month prior to like my call to ministry. And um, the night that I got baptized, I remember praying and just saying to the Lord, um, if, if I don't get this like scholarship to like pursue political science at the at University of Minnesota, I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna go to Minnesota, pursue poli sci. Yeah, Minnesota. <laughs> um, and I was like set. And um, the next day after I got my call to ministry, like, oopsies, um, like three days after I had gotten my call to ministry, I got a thing from the scholarship committee 
And they said, we're so sorry to inform you. You didn't get the scholarship. Your GPA was off by 0.01. And then I ended up getting waitlisted at the University of Minnesota like a month and a half later. I'm like, okay, well, it looks like I'm going to IWU. Um, Hadn't gone. (laughs) What a switch up. Literally didn't. Go for the wildcat. Straight up. Go for the wildcat. Go cats. Hey, go Go cats. cats. (laughs) Go tigers. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I guess I've never been to Indiana and looks like I'm going to IWU. And I still was like in denial of like ministry, but what was super awesome, like even if I called a ministry, I only had told one person at that time. Um, But just even a lot of my pastors and people on staff at the ransom just really affirmed my call to ministry and I hadn't told them about it. So yeah, that's my call to ministry. Yo, yeah. you actually uh, answered something that I wanted to ask um, before we recorded was um, mm-hmm. if you how supported you felt um, with your call to ministry. I'm assuming in uh, your your home cult, you weren't too supported with that. Am I right? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you weren't yeah. supported. I guess at all in the first place. So that makes sense. Yeah. They don't like support women in ministry. Like it's just all men. That's an amazing story. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Like that's incredible. And I guess my, my first question would be as you've kind of come here and you've been here Mm -hmm. for the past four years, your call to ministry, as you described, seems something that came completely out of nowhere. But since that, what has been the most pleasant surprise for the last four years? On because it seemed like you had everything kind of planned out. You're like, this is the way it's gonna be. Yeah. And then it all switches up. And was there any time you had you thought you had everything planned out here, and then God again was like, oh no, we gotta switch this up. I've got something else in mind. Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) The last like four, six months, it's just been a switch up for me. So I originally came in as a youth men major, thought I was going to work in youth ministry, Um, ended up doing a lock-in for a middle, for like a middle school retreat. And I'm like, I can't do it. (laughs) You want to talk about (laughs) if you need a vent to to show you, if you really are made for that youth ministry life, it's a middle school lock-in. It's a middle school lock-in. Yeah. Yeah, That'll Um, be a wake up call real quick. Oh, it was a wake up call. So I ended up switching my major to community development just because I have a lot of background and experience in the nonprofit world, super familiar that had a lot of connections. And so for me, um, I just like, okay, I'm not going to work with youth anymore. Um, I'm just going to pursue nonprofit and that'll look like more um, possibly at the government level. That'll look like being um, like being part of urban planning. Mm -hmm. And I'd say more recently, the Lord has really like changed a lot of what I was planning to do. I was, I thought I was going to work for the department of state right out of college. Um, I'm doing an internship with them right now and no hate to the department of state, but I just, I, I don't like working for the government for the federal government. I thought I would love it, but I just don't um, even as an intern. And so yeah, more recently, <laughs> and so more recently to give a quick disclaimer, any comments about the federal government will not be held against the podcast in case CIA agents do raid our time. <laughs> Goodness. But uh, keep going. 
<laughs> yeah. And so I think more recently, um, there was a time last semester where I was like, okay, well, I don't really like what I thought I was going to like or what I thought I was going to do after graduating. Um, and so I just went into mm. just an extended time of just prayer and yeah. just asking the Lord what he wanted next. And um, just after that time of just really deep prayer, um, just the the opportunity started to come up for me where all of my like job opportunities ended up being in children's ministry. And yeah. so I've um, applied to do a residency with a church doing children's ministry. I hadn't, um, I hadn't originally applied to do children's ministry, but that was what they had offered me. Mm -hmm. And then there's some other churches um, down in Indianapolis that are offering me like, like children's ministry positions. And like I said and mentioned earlier, I teach preschool at Exit Church. And Sick. that's been super fun. And I don't know, I see like the fingerprints of um, the Lord's just promise of, or I don't know, like the original calling of putting me in youth ministry, but not in the capacity that I thought it was going to be. Because I thought I was going to be working with high school and middle school students, but no youth ministry has like expanded for me to, oh no, like I'm working with like three and four year olds and it's actually really fun because a lot of their personality is kind of similar to mine. And so it's just really fun just to um, just hang out with them, um, just to love on them, just teach them about Jesus. And so, yeah, I'd say just more recently, that's how my call has just shifted to what I had originally thought the last like probably three years um, to where it is now. And as I prepare to graduate, So you talked about the process of prayer. Mm. Yeah. So for our guest, <laughs> um, what is the process of being in a state of not knowing fully, mm. but going into a time of prayer to discern? Yeah. So I would say for me in that time, it was really asking the Lord where I was assuming he was calling me but he really wasn't calling me like I was assuming because it was based on what one I what I had planned I'm a planner yeah like we, we know you know that Dan yeah like yeah google calendar google. spreadsheets planning it all she used to be so back in the days when Bridget used to be in the current program we would show up and she would ask these questions about the next like four or three years and I remember just sitting there being like I don't even know all this stuff. And she's just like talking about scholarships. She's like, when are we going to do this? And I'm like, I didn't even know this was part of the program. What's going on? <laughs> I remember that. That was like freshman year. Just yeah. to mind everybody, freshman year, I never even put down assignments in my calendar. <laughs> I lived week by week, probably day by she day. Miles ahead. <laughs> she was, she was a miles ahead. Uh, yeah. But yes, you are a planner. Bridget. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So for me in that time of prayer, it was for that in that time, it was like probably like a three week, one month span. Um, it was like really cleaning house of just all the assumptions that I was making about my life, where I wanted to be after college. And then I'd also say too, because of those assumptions, I just was also called to just a really deep time of just repentance mm. just repenting about 
what I had assumed the Lord, what I had thought the Lord was going to do for me, um, repenting of just a lot of my, just like little pat, like just little thoughts that I had about just the future, um, how I was going to like manage finances, had a really like big hold on what I was going to do financially, um, letting go of that. If I pursue full-time ministry, pursue residency, I'm going to get paid $500 a month and that I really have to trust in him and like provision and um for me it was just a lot of cleaning house and just really putting things on the altar and just asking the lord to transform it and just to just have and and by the end of it just having open hands like okay wherever you want to place me wherever you want to put me i'm going to follow like obedience is one of my highest values um just obedience and repentance i'd say my two highest values in my walk with the lord just because like every single time that i have said yes when when I just don't want to, the Lord has always blessed that. Yes. Um, and I also really just love the process of repentance because typically people will think that, Oh, repentance is tied to shame and condemnation. When what's really interesting is that repentance, repentance is supposed to remove us from shame and condemnation. Yep. Yep. And so it's supposed to garner us more freedom um, and more dependency on Jesus. Um, yep. And so for me, that's yep. what it was like for discernment. Um, for part of the discernment process was really just a lot of repentance and just asking the Lord for just a new operating system on how it's supposed to operate before I left college. Come on, come on. And it's interesting how you go in discerning. I'll tell you anybody that's like listening. Often we think that those times of confusion or trying to figure things out, we're going in discerning one thing. Mm-hmm but then we come out realizing many things. We realize some things that built up, some ways that, you know, we needed to be, whether it be humbled, whether it might be a time of confession, a time of just like realization of how sometimes we get out of focus. And I think that is what's beautiful is that you will come to that answer, but the path to it, there's so many other things that, you know, come up where you realize, this is why I wasn't seeing things clearly because mm-hmm. anytime we're not seeing something clearly, not saying that anytime you feel like confused, that means you're doing something wrong. But that time of discernment is for us to be like, what lens am I looking through mm-hmm. right now? Yeah. Um, and sometimes we're not looking with good lens and that's why we don't mm-hmm. have the uh, answer or even just like a direction really. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And like, I think even with like the, I think like a really good like analogy too to go with that is um, in those times of prayer and those times of repentance, it's kind of like a, it's like an eye exam checkup. Like you go to the eye doctor like once a year to like just get adjusted and so that you can see clearly so that you can just live your life um, just seeing clearly. And I don't know, just like it's a little fine tune up. Yeah. Yeah. And even for anybody that's listening, it's like, oh, Griff, hop on in. I think like a a good thing too, it's good that you didn't treat prayer exactly like an eye checkup because so many people do where, you know, you you try to check it off your box for, Mm -hmm. you know, the day or the week or whatever, Mm -hmm. instead of seeing it as like genuine, like, this is what I need to survive. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that was very wise that you, I mean, you already knew. You, you know what's going on with prayer. You know how important prayer is. And I think that's something that needs to be re-emphasized um, a lot today, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Even within that, like 
it's kind of like when people are feeling bad and they refuse to go to the doctor. Like they know something's up <laughs> yeah. and they're like, I ain't going to go to the doctor. Like I'll just, it'll be fixed. But like the moment you saw that there, Hey, there's something that's going on here. You know, let me go and let me check. And not even this thing, like I only go to God when things are bad and everything, but it's like this immediate response of how, and as God promises to us, um, that I'll say this in Philippians four, um, second half of the passage, it's this time where we hear this phrase called do not be anxious. And before that, it says rejoice in the Lord. To give a little like description of that passage, notice the pattern there, rejoice in the Lord, then do not be anxious. It's not saying that anxiety, like you're just going to shrug it aside, but it comes, the defeat of anxiety comes to the rejoicing of the Lord. And then later in that passage, right after that, it says that you must thank a, a petition, a request to God. Um, and so often we look to God without petitioning mm-hmm. anything, without rejoicing, yeah. without thankfulness. Mm-hmm. And it's more so of an attacking God, now give me what I want. But there's this different vibe of like, Lord, I see these things so unclearly, mm-hmm. but I know you see them so clearly. Mm-hmm. And here is my request, Lord. And eventually, no matter what the Lord's timing is, that lamp beneath your feet will light up whatever it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and for anybody listening, that's like, but what if, what if it's not instant? What if it takes some oh years? Oh my gosh, it takes time. It takes time. Ugh. It takes time. Yeah. And what, what if we, what if you had a whole journey revealed to you in once it would ruin the journey? I feel like it'd be overwhelming. Oh God. (laughs) To read a book, like you don't, if you want to read a good story, you don't skip to the last chapter and then read the rest as much as you might want to. If you want to really enjoy the journey. Now you didn't see this Griffin, but but Bridget Bridget just made a, made a face. Do you, Bridget, do you read the last chapters of books? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're the first person I've ever. All right, I think t- I can go ahead and I think I can go ahead and hop off anchor. I don't need to hear anymore. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious! What when it, do you do it from the start, or do you just like halfway through? You're like, I really want to know this ending. Yeah, I do. I used to. I don't do it anymore. I okay. Listen, now I read like ministry books all the time. So like. There's not really that much of yeah, a conclusion. Yeah, you could read the last chapter. Like you could just because like I could just read the last chapter and just get like the spark notes of everything that was like said in like the previous mm-hmm. chapters. But like on storybooks, like you know, like The Hunger Games, Harry Potter. Oh yeah, I would listen. I would like either listen to it on uh, like as an audiobook or I would just physically like read it the last yeah. chapter and then like try and figure out how they got to that conclusion. Yeah, you're. I mean, Griffin, you want to speak on book reading because I know you're pretty. Uh, audio book book type of guy so i understand maybe reading like the back of the book or like the inside of the sleeve maybe (laughs) before you pick it up and really start to read it Mm -hmm. but reading the last chapter is is akin to heresy for me i feel like that's a (laughs) the last chapter i rip my clothes that is maybe the third to last because i mean if we're talking fantasy or like not our fiction especially i'm a huge fantasy book nerd so that realm, I just stay away from, especially. But um, last chapter, I might be able to let it slide. I'm not a big fan of it, though. But it is what it is. I let it slide. Akin to heresy, just let it slide. Just let it slide. <laughs> let it, uh, yeah, 
I mean, sometimes you have to. But anyways, um, Bridget, uh, I want to know, based off of your story and your testimony, um, if you could give any advice to anyone um, in like high school, young adult age, who's uh, kind of dealing with their call to ministry, um, what advice would you give to them to help them kind of navigate that? Yeah, um, I'm just going to pass on some advice that was given to me my freshman year of college. Um, so I had a conversation with Zach Coffin, um, Shout legend. Out. Shout, Shout out, out to Zach, Zach Coffin, Coffin, legend. Um, and I remember just having this conversation with him and we were just talking about the voice of the Lord. And I would say to, to those who are listening, when it comes to discerning your call for ministry or even just like your call for life, um, I think what's going to be sustainable, not only that initial part of going to college and declaring your major, declaring what you're going to be doing for a career and your training mm. is to learn what the voice of your father sounds like, because that is what you are going to outgrow college. You're going to graduate, mm. but what's going to be sustaining. What's going to, what's going to lead you in your life. It's going to be the voice of the Lord. Um, you, you don't, outgrow your dependent your dependency and neediness of jesus and of the holy spirit that that is a promise that is uh, the holy spirit is promised to be with us um as long as we wow. remain in him and so my word of advice is that you just spend time with the lord get to know his voice get to know his character when you begin to know what his character is and who he is you won't question his motives for your life because yeah. um our good is tied to his glory and so when we pursue his glory when we pursue his character when we pursue more of who he is um that is what's going to continue to sustain us um yeah. just all throughout just life and so that's just my word of advice is just come on just get to know jesus spend time with him even if that means um setting aside like 30 minutes a day man like by the end of the week that's like what three and a half four hours that you're with yep, the lord and yep. and you're building a history you're cultivating a deep relationship with jesus um and it does yeah you don't have to spend like two hours every single day start small build it up get to know the lord's voice because that that's just what's going to sustain you. So that that is like the key point. Know the voice of the Lord because that's going to sustain you for the rest of your life. Sick. Mm. If you want to read a good book on that, Hearing God by Dallas Willard is a good book, by the way. Oh, aren't you reading that right now? <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> As you said that, I was like, this is money, Bridget. This is money. <laughs> money. But yes. So we're going to go into one of my favorite parts of the podcast. Um, so now me and Griff are going to affirm you, Bridget, based off of everything that we've heard and give you a little bit of time of affirmation. Oh. <laughs> and then, so. I love this. I shall start. Um, you shall. <laughs> Griffin, you shall. <laughs> my affirmation to you, Bridget, is we've been friends for now four years. We came in as freshmen together. Um, we have many funny stories uh, <laughs> from that first time of us crazy clowns of freshmen during May term, like we were just talking about. Um, but the main thing I will say in seeing you right now, and as you kind of are walking into these next steps, is you have truly, you're truly a daughter of God. I truly think that when I look at you, that is the greatest title that you hold, is that no matter if you're a children's pastor, if you are a worship pastor, whatever title this world could give you or you walk into, 
I know that for you, from the way you've been talking right now, is that being a daughter of God, being beloved by him, is the greatest thing in this life for you. And I think that truly, as you go forward in ministry, will have you not hold titles, accomplishments that we can have in this world so tightly, but hold them loosely and cling to God tightly, like a daughter does for her father that she trusts. Um, that imagery of just, I see this like, uh, this this imagery that the way it was supposed, I know people that might be listening might have hurt here, but the pure imagery of the way a father to a daughter relationship should be. And that's how I see it with the way you have your relationship with God. Wow. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Wow. That's actually a really big part of just even my testimony. Um, just one of the layers. And that's something that the Lord has affirmed me in, in this last year. So yeah, thank you for sharing what the Lord has already affirmed in me. But Come man, on. just, oh my gosh, that was such a beautiful just reminder and refresher for me. Like so, I'm tearing up actually. <laughs> so thank you, Dan. No problem, thank you. No what do we got, Griff? Um, Bridge, I don't know you near as well as Dan does. I know we've met a couple of times in those old Kern meetings um, when I was there, uh, which was sometimes a rare occurrence. But <laughs> just from hearing you talk and from hearing your testimony, I know that you um, truly know what it means to be lost and you really know what it means to be found too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's a beautiful thing. And I encourage you just to hold on to that because... Um, I've kind of already started to experience it, but once you get out of college, like things just feel fuzzy and you've gone through that fuzzy period. Um, but you, you know how to find God's voice, you know, where to go, you know, where to look, um, and you know what it means to be found by him and just hold on to that for the rest of your life. I know it's, it's been inspiring. Your testimony is inspiring to me to hold on to that truth as well, but, um, yeah, hold on to that truth. Wow, thank you so much. That that's really kind. Thank you. So, Bridget, as we head out, how can we pray for you? How can you pray for me? <laughs> Profound question. Profound question. Oh man. Um, I think for me, just even just more recently, I just am really nervous of just leaving. I will um, just leaving community, leaving friends. I feel like I'm already lamenting and mourning um, in that process right now. Um, and so I think in that um, prayers for a good transition, but also just prayers for just hopefulness to what, what's going to be the most hopeful thing for me um, just moving forward. And um, I think just the reminder that Jesus is close and faithful and that he is trustworthy. Um, But yeah, I'd say just continuing to cling on to the hope that the Lord is going to maintain the relationships that need to be maintained. Um, Yeah, that's what I would say as of right now. That's just what's been heavy on my heart for the last month. Awesome. Well, I will pray for us. Okay. Lord, I just pray for Bridget right now. God, places like Iwu feel like home because it's places where it's like we've experienced heaven on earth. Places of worship, places where we've lived life with people and we've grown closer together because of you. So Lord, for Bridget, as you know, 
leaving IWU is a shifting in life. It's a marker. You know, her time at IWU was a marker for her in her relationship with you, um, her relationship with so many friends. So God, as she goes into this next season, Lord, I pray that she actually has some good nights and good days where she can just sit and hold this time that she has left here at IWU. So um, she holds it with such gratitude Mm. and that she just gets to reflect. And I pray that in those sad feelings of when it's hard to leave a place that we love so much, Mm. God, I just think of the simple reminder that is it not a good thing when we have things to miss? Because that means they really meant something to us. Yes, Jesus. And thank you for uh, Bridget's story. Thank you for her testimony. Thank you for bringing her to IWU. And I know how she's impacted so many people's lives through you, God. Um, And I just pray as she's even here for this next two and a half months, Lord, keep her heart just steady on still pouring into this campus, pouring into people here. And God, even as she goes to that next step into residency, Lord, and just prepare her heart for that. And Lord, wherever you lead her into this life, um, God, I pray again uh, from both uh, me and Griffin's affirmations that where she came from in her journey um, shows your glory, God, your ability to just change everything when the circumstances seem crazy. Lord, you, there's nothing our God can't do. And God, um, and I pray as she goes forward as a daughter of the King, that means she may know that she is loved. And we pray all these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Woo! Sick. Griff, send us out, brother. Well, we uh, want to thank the band Caledonia for all the music that you've heard on today's episode. You can find them at Official Caledonia on Instagram, and you can also find a link to their band camp down in the link below uh, in the show notes. And we also want to thank the School of Theology and Ministry at Indiana Wesleyan University here in Marion, Indiana, for sponsoring this and all called Collective Podcasts. Go Wildcats! Go Cats! All right, everybody, we will see you next week.